Oh, oh, oh. Finds the bottle. Barkley puts it up. Does it count? It does. Shake on the Tonight's matchup on the solar panel. Espo versus the Solar Fox versus Carmel Thunder. Hello and welcome everybody to another edition of the solar panel. Whether you're watching us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, listening to us wherever you get podcasts, we appreciate you. The Flaming Ballers more than you will ever know. I am your host, Greg Esposito. Ahoy hoy. And joining me, as always, the Silver Fox. Sometimes I call him a man. Sometimes I call him a myth. I usually lie when I call him a legend. It's Dave King. Dave, how are you? Oh, you can call me a legend. There ain't no lie. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell accent was that? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it's definitely, uh, you need an accent when you say some no. crazy no stuff like that. It ain't no lie. Now you know why I rarely actually would seriously call him a legend. And then the man from down under, uh, he, he, some call him crap bag. I call him Carmel Thunder from down under. And and we should probably pre- we should probably preface why uh, you just said that. You know, I'm I'm basic as they come, and I got a little friends mug. And uh, Esbo wanted me to call him Princess Consuela Banana Hammock, and I refused. And he said, "Okay, fine. I'm going to call you crap bag." It's a episode of <laughs> Friends. So there we go. <laughs> Sometimes oh, it happens. Wow. All right. I <laughs> I like how Hello's first comment is let the fight begin. <laughs> ding ding ding. <laughs> Here we go. Let's do it. Look, Here we I, go. We might be a kindler, gentler sun solar panel today. We're not gonna be, but we we might be. You never know. Uh special guest Mike Michael Schwartz from ESPN coming up in the program, but we're gonna start off with a topic that I've, uh, you know, I, I feel like Thursday after the trade deadline, Suns Twitter, Suns Nation, a lot of people, there was some angst, some concern about this Suns team, especially coming off the Orlando loss. They had lost to Minnesota. No major move made. So I took a little time and I looked back, right? I, I, I always feel it's important to get context from a history of a team when you're looking where you currently are, right? Suns reached the 30 win mark on Friday. So I went, okay, who was the fastest in Suns history to get to 30 wins and uh, did the research. And this current Suns team uh, actually is tied for the fourth fastest in Suns history to get to the 30 win mark. All right. Obviously the 2004 five Suns were a special team. They did it. They were 30 and four, uh, 80, 81, which I don't know much about, uh, but some fans might uh, did in 38, as did Suns championship team and the year uh, 94, 95, uh, or not champion, the Suns Western Conference championship team. Mm-hmm. I wish they were the champions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, as did O-6 major distinction there. There is. <laughs> in my mind, John Paxson missed. They won in game seven. So uh, 94, 95 did it in 38 games, as did 06, 07. The 07, 08 team did it in 42 games. And then 93, hey, 94, 97, Wasn't 98. that uh, 94, 95 team, the Danny Manning, right before he got hurt his knee team? Yes. Yes. And that team that was, was the most one- beautiful team in the league. That was one of the best then. teams in basketball. I believe they were the best team in basketball when Danny Manning got injured. But it's interesting. You look at this, and uh, there were 
four of these teams went to the semi uh Western Conference semifinals. Uh one went to the conference finals, that 0405 team. Obviously the 93 92 93 team went to the finals and then uh the 97 team lost in the first round as did the 0708 team. But the point to me is I think expectations have increased, right? Yeah. Uh, for a lot of people. But this still is, uh, after 30 games, is tied for the fourth best team in Suns history right now, right? Like, I think that perspective is lost. Uh, Dave, what do you what do you think? Man, I've been trying to tell you guys to enjoy this season. <laughs> that's what I want to, that's what I think. Jeez. No, seriously, uh, this has been fun. It's, you know, um, hello commented in the, in the chat that, Hey, if you can't get excited about a four point win over a terrible team, what can you get excited about from uh, Friday night's game? But you know what? That's better than a sixth loss to such a team. Yeah. But let's remember the Suns have the best team, best record in the league against uh, play, uh, teams over 500. So let's enjoy it. They win the big ones. They sometimes come in a little soft on the, on the, on the bad teams, but they win the big ones. And I really love watching this team close out games. Um, and you know, it's just, it's just fun to, to, to see this. I mean, the Suns, you, you, uh, well, we'll talk about this a little bit later about them in the clutch, but they are 19 and three in games that are decided by more than five points. I mean, that just means they we're watching a good team. Let's enjoy this team. I, you know, <clears throat> I agree. Um, also to that comment about, you know, you know, if you can't get excited about beating, uh, getting a four point victory over somebody who's only won 18 games, uh, you know, you can be selective if you want, but Denver just got housed by that same team a couple days ago. By 20 like, plus points. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it is, you know, and that team's oh. gone through a lot too. Let's not yeah, forget Toronto say. has been all over the country, you know, and they've got a lot of different distractions more than the average team right now. Besides just COVID, they got family in Toronto and all this other stuff. And EJ pointed that out on the broadcast last night. So it's a little bit more than just that. Plus, when you're coming down the stretch and you're playing against a team like Toronto, who has a championship pedigree because they've proven it two years ago, you know, you, you kind of like hold your breath like, oh, man, I don't know if this is going to go the Suns way. Um, and I know a lot of Suns fans were like that last night. And it might have been an ugly win, especially in the fourth quarter and the, the execution down the stretch wasn't the prettiest. But a W is a W. That's all that matters. And I think that at the end of the day, that's what we need to take away is that, you know, a W is a W. And as long as they keep getting them, who cares? Who cares what it looks like? That's what everybody used to say before the, the season started is like, I don't care as long as they make it to the playoffs. Well, now we do care and you want to see, you know, style points and you want to see, you know, beautiful play and blah, blah, blah. Like a W is a W. Well, look, also, it's not like Toronto was running five no names from the G League out there. I mean, right? Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, uh, like, you know, there's there's good players on Toronto to your point Saul and the one that EJ made as well this team's been through more than than anybody they're playing in freaking Tampa Bay for God's sake for real like, and I don't even know where they're playing in Tampa are they playing in Tropicana Field I have no idea no I think they're playing where whatever the uh the lightning uh the state there certainly doesn't need to have seats at. for fans wherever they're playing it just needs to be basketball sized they actually had anywhere. fans in there on Friday night too which yeah. I don't I don't know if I I Obviously, it's not snowbirds from Toronto vacationing in in Tampa because 
nobody's allowed out of Canada, from what I understand. I'm pretty sure they're locked in there. So we're, we're I, uh, weren't the tropics from Tampa? No, they yeah. were the Flint tropics. Ah, oh, Flint. That's right, Flint, Michigan. Michigan. Mm. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> I have to be Why the one Flint, that knows. Michigan have a Jackie team Moon. I, I felt like Jackie Moon was going to come that's on the part of the joke. Point. I guess that's the joke. That is that is part of the joke, Dave. That's why it's funny because <laughs> there's nothing tropical about Flint, Michigan. But both uh, Saul and I assumed it was in Florida, so yeah. the joke was lost on us. Yes. Look, the, I I I find this immensely in encouraging though to re to put this in, in to reframe the perspective on this uh, after 30 games mm -hmm. how well they they actually are playing uh and people point out well you know in recent history it took two seasons to get to 30 wins so That's you know it, instead of instead of 44 games so there is that as well uh, you know uh, so <laughs> I, I just look this there's still some concern that this team isn't good enough that they don't have uh, enough but i guess the question is what is enough right now yeah I, I, the first time in 10 years you get into the playoffs i i, I want a championship obviously that's what we all want but second round if you make it there can you really be that upset with with a Suns team that hasn't been there, and the only two guys like we mentioned on Thursday's midweek stimmy that have playoff experience are CP3 and Jay Crowder, can you really get all that upset about about a team, uh, you know, doing that? I don't know. I don't. I don't know where I'm trying to calibrate where we should be as a fan base and and what we should expect. You know, I hate the argument Phoenix isn't a sports town if you don't expect a championship every time. But I also don't want to settle when there's a chance for a championship. No, I totally agree, wholeheartedly agree. It's it's just this fine line, you know. It's hard to to balance the two because we haven't seen the playoffs in ten years. So you want to be happy that you finally get to see some winning basketball. But then at the same time, if you say I just want to make it to the playoffs, people come at you and say, "Oh, you that's just a typical Phoenix fan. They just." They settle for mediocrity, and it's just like, no, that's not the case, man. I just – I've been missing winning basketball for a long time, dude, 10 mm -hmm. years. I'm tired of watching other teams in the playoffs. I want to see my team in the playoffs. We're finally going to get that chance this year. I want to celebrate that to a degree. I also agree that we – yes, we should be we should be striving to win a championship. However, I think some of this needs to be based in reality, and that's what I said on Thursday. You know, sometimes you just don't have the assets to pull the trigger on in making big, big moves um, the yeah. way, you know, you, you <laughs> hoped you would. Because he used the assets to get one of the Suns' best records in franchise history before exactly. the season started. Exactly. You can't, you can't just keep using the same assets over and over again. I think we should just be excited that this team doesn't have many holes. I mean, if you're talking about, gosh, we really needed that third big man to come off the bench every fifth game. Gosh, we really need, um, you know, this and that. Uh, and, and the thing is, you don't need something every single game. Every, uh, there are little pockets of, gosh, I really wish we had a little bit better backup point guard play. Then you see Cam Payne come out there and, and, and kick ass and you're like, Okay, maybe it's the big man we need. Then you see Frank Kaminsky come out there and get almost a triple-double off the bench. Then you go, okay, maybe it's the wing that we need, the wing defender we need. Then you see Torrey Craig come in there and get a couple of great defensive plays. And look, that's the thing, is the Suns do not have a consistent 
lineup problem. And that means James Jones put together a great team before the season started. And we need to stop worrying about what we don't have. Vincent Lai in the chat actually made it like hit this right on the head. He said, we are one player away or we're one player away from being one player away. That's like every fan base. in sport. <clears throat> That's like also every team. That, that, yeah. Right. Everybody thinks that they're one player away. And like, sometimes, sometimes the chemistry is so good on a team that you just got to let it ride. Yeah. And there might be better players, but they might not be a better fit for what you got going on. So you just got to let it ride. Let me, let me ask this in terms of when you're, when you're looking at this team, you know, I, I just, I wonder, is it, is it okay to to win ugly? Like, is that just the way this team is going to win? Because there, there have not been a lot of games where you go, that was the prettiest basketball game I've I've seen. This team doesn't win pretty. And as James Joe or not James Joe, Monty Williams said on Friday night after the game, I'd rather win ugly than lose pretty. So mm -hmm. is it? I I think I briefly brought this up in one of one of our episodes, mm -hmm. but. To me, I feel like Suns fans have been conditioned to think fast and and playing, uh, you know, a, a sexy brand of basketball is what good basketball is because mm -hmm. that's that's what they grew accustomed to with seven seconds or less, ninety two, ninety three, the Cotton Express, those teams. But maybe it's maybe it's not. Maybe just winning is, is Guess winning. Guess who always you know? beat the Suns in those in those playoffs. Yeah, the gritty ugly. teams who were okay yeah. winning ugly with yep. defense and making the right plays at the right time and not having to make the prettiest plays. Cause uh, look, I was, I was thinking about that this week. That same thing Espo, this week is that uh, we're used to seeing really pretty basketball that everyone tells us can't win in the playoffs. And we keep going, what are you talking? Of course it can win in the playoffs. And then when they lose in the playoffs, we're like, maybe next year it can win in the playoffs. We want to prove everybody wrong. Mike, Mike, Dan Tony's biggest thing was we're going to prove everyone wrong. You don't have to have defense. Who are you to win impersonating right now? <laughs> I'm, I'm impersonating. I'm actually, I'm impersonating Saul when he gets excited about something. Uh, <laughs> what do you know how um, Saul gets excited? Anyways, it's on these shows. So no, it's it it's uh, it's one of those things where now the Suns are playing like the teams that beat the Suns in the past. We should yeah. enjoy that. I agree. I'd I'd rather win looking like Steve Buscemi than lose looking like Kate Upton. <laughs> um, I'd actually, I actually I'd rather win as ugly as possible. First thing, let's try the Kate Upton part, and I'll try to make her a winner. Oh, Jesus <laughs> well, let's get the fiance on, and our special <laughs> guest is Dave's fiance. Everybody, <laughs> and you know, our, a quick our, you would say the same. <laughs> <laughs> there is Go no uh, it, we do have a special guest though uh not <laughs> definitely not dave's uh fiance we have michael schwartz of espn formerly of uh <laughs> of valley of the suns michael how you been man good to see you oh you're oh we we got a little we lost technical here. difficulties technical difficulties that's all right well he'll he'll come back here in a second but so uh, now we will bring Dave's uh, fiance on to break down the Kate Upton comment. <laughs> I love technology. It never it never quite works the way you hope it does. Michael then, is, is calling in from where? Siberia. <laughs> the, it's all the good. Mars Rover bringing uh, Michael Schwartz to the program. <laughs> Sorry, inter oh, we got down mute. a little shaky. It looks like I'm, I'm actually in Phoenix. Type, 
Oh, Phoenix today. You're pretty close to us. <laughs> Which during the summer does feel like Mars, I've heard. Yeah, so not too here. far. <laughs> How you been, Michael? Yeah. Oh. Uh, I've been great. Yeah, I've been uh, working at ESPN the last, last seven years. Can't believe it's been that long now. And um, first time the suns are good since I've been working there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing that seven years there and the suns have been bad for almost all seven of them. So... Uh, so I want to, I want to get your perspective. It's a yeah, unique exactly. one because obviously, uh, obviously a Suns fan, but, uh, you know, also involved in the national media. So you have the, the, the national perspective as well. How do you feel this team is viewed uh, by those that, that aren't as close to it? How, how is the national perspective when it comes to the Suns team? I think it's a lot of a wait-and-see approach just because they haven't been there. They have a lot of players on the team outside of Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, who really haven't been there. So I think when even you see it in the Vegas odds where a team like the Nuggets that's been far behind the Suns in the standings the entire year in the Suns. So I think it's one until you win at least a playoff series, they're not going to get the kind of respect you'd think of a team that's currently second in the West. Yeah, that's the thing is the Suns have been uh, been been getting a little bit less respect from people and just in conversation. Same thing with the Jazz. I mean, the Suns aren't the only team that's being uh, downgraded basically on their championship yeah, odds versus their record. I mean, really, when you talk about finals contenders, uh, the, the teams that are talked about are the L.A. teams and Denver, basically, because they made the Western Conference finals last year. And then, oh, yeah, the Jazz and. Oh, yeah, maybe the Suns. Um, so the teams have to prove themselves for sure. Yeah, I was just saying, I work on the jump, and um, we had our analysts, Paul Pierce and Kendrick Perkins, kind of do a, if they were the NCAA tournament seeding committee, where would you seat the West? And both of them had the Suns and the Jazz later, be, before after those L.A. teams, Denver teams, to your point. You know, are you a believer in in Devin Booker's ability to to come through in the playoffs when he gets that that final opportunity uh, for the first time this season? Uh, based on maybe recent performance, you know, he's, he seems like he's kind of struggled of late, especially uh, down the stretch. Uh, always has great first quarters, but uh, kind of seems like he kind of fades uh, of late. Uh, any concern there? No, not really. I think he's always been the kind of guy who's going to be better when the lights are the brightest. You already see that. Um, in defense earlier in his career, obviously that's something that was an issue. And as the team has gotten better, he's become at least a solid, if not a, not a necessarily a great defensive player, but he's fire. He's not going to lose you. In. So um, he's already obviously a guy who's hit enough shots. We saw the game. He's already on that list of 30 point game winners. It's crazy for a guy who's so young. So I think he has that kind of mentality where he's going to be better in the playoffs. So of, of all the guys in this team, Devin Booker is the guy I'm least worried about in the playoffs. I, I think he's been waiting for this stage his whole career and is going to really show out. One of the guys that everyone can't get enough, uh, at least on the national stage, if you're going to talk about the Suns and you want to try to sound like you know what you're talking about, the name you're going to say is Mikel Bridges. You're going to say, oh, Mikel Bridges is a guy everyone wants to see in the playoffs. He's a guy who can win you playoff games. Uh, but I want to talk for a second about DeAndre Aiden because I agree with them on Mikel Bridges. Absolutely. He's going to be a guy who helps yeah. win you games. Uh, but let's talk about DeAndre Aiden. What's the national perspective? What's the non-Suns fans perspective on DeAndre Aiden? Uh, I think 
it's been tough to see his defensive improvement nationally. That's one of the things that's slowly coming along, especially because he was um, a, a rough, rough defender as a rookie, gave up a pretty high field goal position for him. So if you're not a day, especially for a guy who has been consistent at times, I, I do think his reputation is the one that's, that's kind of slow. I, it feels like uh, it always goes back to Luca with him. Uh, nationally. And I think that's one of the things that's tough to shake. And overall, big picture, I think that is the biggest question mark in the playoffs. What Aiton are you going to get? Are you going to get the guy against Miami a couple nights ago who was absolutely dominant defensively against their guards in particular? Or are you going to get the guy we've seen on some other times where uh, he's really gotten burned in those situations? I think that's just completely the biggest wild card here. Hey, Michael, uh, we're going to have to jump here the the lag is uh, is causing a bit of of issue but we'd love to have you back on uh in the near future so we can continue uh the conversation and and try to get a better connection soon sounds good all right thanks for coming on man he is uh, he is michael schwartz of espn we we apologize for the technical difficulties there. I, I really do enjoy uh, Michael's perspective. He started uh, Valley of the Suns back in the day when that was uh, was one of the uh, better sites uh, on the internet when it came to Suns. It was actually uh, mm -hmm. Dave uh, Dave's Brightside and Valley of the Suns were neck and neck back in those days. And, uh, you know, I, I, I always oh, have enjoyed his perspective. There was, a, there was a few years there where it wasn't just Mike Schwartz, but also Mike Schmitz. Oh yeah, with with ESPN, who's now the big time draft guy. They uh, they were so good on their analysis on Valley of the Suns that that was the standard on quality reporting. Yeah, from a blog, uh, and because that was before ArizonaSports.com got big with Kellen Olson, who's who's also really good at what he does. Um, that was a great great site. Then those guys left because they got jobs at ESPN, and that you know. Then all I was, I was, you know, basically I was left standing and, and I've been enjoying it ever since. By default. I love yep. that they, they went to ESPN and Dave wound up with us on Saturday morning. Yeah. So obviously uh, Dave got the, uh, the, got the uh, short end of that. I, I, I don't deserved. know. I think he, draw the, he drew the big straw. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, Dave gets think, what he deserves. You know what I'm really disappointed in? I was going to ask him since he works on the jump with Rachel Nichols. There's that, there's that rumor on the internet that Rachel Nichols is tatted up because that's why she always wears long sleeves. She's not. I, she's not. Jesus. I've seen she's it. I want, like I want it. I've, I've met her in person. Up. She's not at all. One thing about Rachel Nichols. She's super tiny, though. Super short. Yes. Oh I my sat gosh. next to her at a game when she was uh, doing uh, sidelines, and she is yeah. unbelievably short. I did yeah. not expect it. Like, it it think, caught me off guard. Like, think uh, Bernadette off of uh, Big Bang Theory. Like, that that kind of tiny. Like, she's, she's, a, she's, a, she's a petite little girl. She's You're a little, kidding. Woman, little woman. Yeah. Saul, you were not kidding that you're basic. You just dropped, we've dropped a friends and a yeah. big bang theory yeah. reference yeah. here. You know, yeah. you're, you're watching. Next uh, is going to be in a how I met your mother reference. Wait, hey, yeah, you do not hey. knock on how I met hey. your mother. All right. Hey. Legend challenge theory. Challenge accepted. accepted. <laughs> so, so look, I think I think it is interesting. One thing that we did get out of the conversation uh, with Michael, is that you should pay your internet provider. Hey, I'm, <laughs> look, nineteen ninety nine internet is is fun. It's a throwback. All right, that was the dial no, in his defense. What probably was happening is he's with Cox and those those 
interesting, uh, their interesting decision making is to give you a, a slow connection and a fast connection. And he probably got mistakenly connected to his slow one because that's happened to me in the past when yeah. you guys have laughed at mine. Oh, all right. We laughed wow. at yours. All right. Well, now Cox won't be as a sponsor, but at least we can uh, make jokes about it <laughs> in the Manscaped uh, ads later on. Uh, <laughs> Oh, look, what I what I did find interesting about uh, about what Michael said was just kind of that that national perspective, and you know, I I used to think that it was just Arizona that focused on Luca, but I think when you get into the playoffs, that's going to be a a line that we hear a lot of. Especially, imagine if the Suns and Mavs wind up as the first round series right Which, the, there's a possibility the, here the suns would w- the suns would sweep that series no i know they would but it just the storylines going in gentlemen sweep like it'll be it'll be very I, I it'll be very odd uh to listen to to those storylines because it, it's going to come up nationally it, it, it's just, when because we're not talking yes the games will will be uh on what will then be ballet sports arizona but they'll also be on national television and the national storyline uh will will be that okay. because it hasn't been beaten to death like it has here in Phoenix and well you're going to have to overcome it based on watchers viewers clicks all that stuff oh, yeah. luca is worldwide i i i understand yeah. the perspective so we'll get michael back on another time dig a little bit deeper on on what the perception within the walls of the mothership uh, are in terms of what they think about uh, the Suns, but uh, I want to grind gears here <laughs> to uh, to talk about. We we got into the buyout market on Thursday in the midweek Stimmy episode, but there was a new name that that came up in it, and we we argued vehemently about Lamarcus Aldridge. There was some mention of Andre Drummond on on Thursday's episode. But a new name has emerged, uh, Gorgie Dang. Uh, Mr. Dang, I can't pronounce that name no matter how much I try, uh, nope. was cut uh, and were bought out uh, by Memphis the on Friday. Is that a name that intrigues either of you when you're looking at a backup big? So let's start with you. Yeah, absolutely. I don't care if he hates Devin Booker or not. Get him on the team. Yeah, Like, he's a solid big like yeah, so, it, defensively to back up DeAndre Ayton, let's do it. There's Troy no, Daniels. No, yeah, yeah. Like I don't, I don't care about people with beef. It's, yeah. it's funny how how much beef you have with somebody that's not on your team, and then when they join the team, it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it wasn't really that big of a deal. And and I honestly, I don't think this is a that much of a of a deal either. Mm-hmm. Like, so they wanted to fight each other as they left the court, you know, two years ago. They both were on crappy teams. They were both far frustrated. Uh, and they went at each other. And sometimes you pick on the big dog because you feel like you just need to. And that's what Gorgie did. And and it didn't really pay off for them. But, you know, here to, we are. To be fair, it was a little more than wanted to fight him on the court. He did fight through security <laughs> to get within 15 feet of the door of the Suns locker room. So there, there was that too, but I think you're right. I mean, Troy Daniels was not a uh, real Devin Booker fan. Jay Crowder trolled him uh, with the 70 point game because he was mm-hmm. in Boston when that happened. They even reheated that the other day. They both pulled up their old Instagram posts and laughed at him. Yeah. I mean, so as teammates now. Yeah. So would, 
uh, Dave, you are, are you in for dang? What are you, what are your thoughts when it comes to dang? God dang it. I'm in. Yeah. What is with these, awful the impressions? <laughs> these are terrible. <laughs> Look, I'm all, I'm all for, uh, I don't even know how to say his name properly. And now you've got me so confused. Espo, I'm not going to say it even as good as I might've, but I think it's Gorgie Jang is the way I think it's said. Um, no, they, uh, Look, the guy has a chip on his shoulder and he doesn't back down and you need that on a gritty team that wins ugly. So I'm totally okay with the Suns adding him. Um, I know we're not huge Kobe fans around here, but Kobe was famous for wanting guys he had previously beefed with to be on his team late, uh, when they had a chance. He want, he actually tried to recruit Raja Bell to the Lakers in his later years after when Bell was, uh, after Bell had been traded and then let go by Charlotte. Um, so no, he... Uh, he's very famous. Uh, Kobe was, and now Devin, like you, you mentioned Troy Daniels a second ago, Espo there's, and you guys mentioned Jay Crowder as well. Bring Gorgie in here, man. And, uh, that'd be good. I, I like his fit a lot better than LaMarcus Aldridge because Jeng hasn't had a big role that he's trying to repeat on a new team. LaMarcus Aldridge already has pulled himself out, reportedly pulled himself out of the Blazers, uh, contention because, um, he, they wouldn't give him as big, en a big enough role because they wanted him to be their third string, big, their third string center. And he doesn't want that. He wants a big role on a playoff team. And guess who's probably going to give it to him is like the Lakers or someone like that, or the Nets, one of those two. You don't um, think he would get a big enough role here? <clears throat> no, no. Cause I don't want him in big enough role. I don't want him clogging up the lane next to Deandre you, Hayden. On you a don't, side you don't want him in like a Sarge role right now. I want Sarge in a Sarge role. Sarge, Sarge has, has been, been one of the best the players for the last okay, five the past week. Fine, but for the rest of the season, Sarge has been the best, the, the who, one of the best bench guys is, in the league. But who is more proven at this point in their careers? It's definitely L.A. Okay. Also, Kobe Bryant's more proven, but he's not coming here either. I mean, just because oh, that's I know bad, that was a bad reference, bad, but bad old guys. And okay, okay, that's a lie. Blake Griffin is him, more proven, not, but I don't want Blake off. Griffin either. <laughs> Blake Griffin's more you, proven. Dave. I don't want him either. Put, put Dave in purgatory. Oh my god. All right. <laughs> wow. I love uh, you, David. Oh <laughs> look, I <laughs> I, I Oh man! Now I wish I was lagging. I, I wish I had. <laughs> I wish I had. Uh, had oh God! Uh, so, uh, yep. Face palm. All right. Okay. When we're looking we'll, at, uh, we'll be right along. Uh, when you, yeah, da dang Dave. I need somebody to chat. Dang Dave. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh no, uh, Dave. Yes. I, I think you're right, though. I. I'm not, I'm questioning Sarge right now. I'm there with you, Saul, and and kind of uh, kind of wondering, bias. kind kind of wondering is what we've seen the last five games. It's more in line with what we saw most of last season until the bubble. So is somewhere in the middle uh, the Dario we're going to get, and and how do you figure out a, a you know. He's an insurance policy. Who is he? Yeah, I don't well, think no, Frank. I'm, I'm okay with an insurance policy. <laughs> oh God, I'm not he's proven. Uh, That's oh, right. That that was yeah. from the chat, no, Dave. Not making another bad joke there. That was from the chat. Hello, thank you. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I, I understand the, the 
what you're bringing up when it comes to LaMarcus Aldridge, but I actually think I'm more interested in, in, in Jang or Dang or however. I'm I'm just going to mispronounce his name till he's here. Uh, once you're a son, I'll, I'll, I'll take the time to pronounce it correctly. But uh, I think to Dave's point, he'd accept the rule that that's really needed here as the safety net. If, if Sarich isn't the guy going into the playoffs or the, the safety net, if DA's in foul trouble, those kind of things. And, and since that's been a lot of his role, he'll come in and do it. Well, there won't be any, uh, any, Oh, I don't know about this. Two questions though. Is he, is he a James Jones guy, which not in terms of does does James know him, but does he fit that mold uh, of of a James Jones guy? Uh, and then who are you cutting to get him? Because this roster is full, and you can't cut Tayshawn Alexander. I've I've seen that mentioned. He's a two way contract. You, Ty, you're Tyshawn. gonna have Tyshawn uh, ta- What was that? Tyshawn Alexander. Tyshawn. See, Tyshawn. nobody's getting pronounced it, uh, correctly. All right, Tyshawn. you're the shack of our show. Tyshawn Alexander, you can't cut him because he's a two-way player, right? You yeah, have yeah. to cut a guy on an actual contract. contract. It's probably would have to be. Go ahead, yeah. go ahead, Dave. I was just going to say what you were going to say. It's got to be Frank, Etwan, or someone like that. Yeah, I think it's those. Those are the two I was going to point to as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's Nader because Nader is now uh, with with Craig in the fold. Uh, Nader seems like a lesser version of what you're getting out of Craig. So I feel like he may be the one that, that you could get rid of. I, I, I would not, I, I don't I know. I would not cut each one more because he's, he's the guy that can run your pick and roll. If, uh, if pain <clears throat> or, or Javon, point. Javon Carter might get the cut. Yeah. Javon might get the cut. He's I think not, that, he hasn't been getting any run. I think that's uh, a good point. The Suns would have to eat some salary. It's not going to be Javon. They've got multi years. And he's a great bench guy. I mean, he's the he's the towel waver on the bench. It's not going to be. It would have to be. It could be Nader, also could be Nader more or you know all those guys. We're not going to miss them if you get a better player in a buyout. That's fine. Herbie in the chat asked, "Is Sticks safe?" There's no way you cut cut your first. Sticks round is safe. Pick. Javon is, is safe. safe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I you know people are our son's dog in twenty four in the chat saying Nader is a spark. You know people are are talking about about Nader, I, I, in, in a positive light, I just, I, I look at, I look at it and I, I just, I, I think he's, he's a, a duplicate right now. Uh, each one, is a safety net. Like, I, I feel like you're, you keep him just yeah. in case you have some ca- catastrophic thing happen with Cameron Payne or something. So, well, that's why you have Javon Carter. Otherwise, why is Javon even here? That that's that's kind of why I kind of lean towards Etwan as opposed to Nader because Nader you can't have enough guys that are six foot six and have that kind of wingspan and defensive flexibility on your roster you just can't yeah. and James Jones has proven that he loves those types of dudes that's why he got Tory Craig and that's why he has Abdel Nader like and that's why he had Abdel Nader thrown into the deal as well you know what I mean like that's he likes those kind of guys so I think Etwan Moore the more and more we talk about it or Frank Kaminsky more or, more. or one of the two that are on the outs. Could could you imagine each one more gets cut, goes to one of these uh, other teams in the buyout market, and comes back to haunt you in the playoffs? That's the kind of it's guy. The, it's the Phoenix way. It's, it's the not Phoenix even way. imagined. It would literally happen. It would happen. Guaranteed. Yeah. It would Look at happen. Damian Jones. As soon as he got cut and went to the Lakers, all of a sudden he had ten <laughs> points in a game. Like what the? 
what? against the no. against the sun. Against and the then sun. He had nothing yeah. else, and I think he got yeah. let go. I'm he just pretty, got cut like this last play. week. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So he's still not a player. He just had a good game against us. Yes. Yeah. I just. Uh, uh, so predictions, do they sign somebody in this buyout market? And do you think it's uh, it's Jing? I want to hear him Baines. Oh, God. God. Didn't, you, <laughs> didn't Friday night wean you of the Aaron Baines desire at all? Look, like, he's a, he's a, he's an Australian peg and uh, he's a square peg and a round hole. He doesn't fit on Toronto in so many ways. He doesn't fit on Toronto, but he fit with the Suns last year with this same coaching staff and sa- almost same roster. Without Chris Paul and without Jay Crowder. You don't think he would do alley-oop dunks? I think Chris Paul is a major (laughs) factor in this. Like, Chris Paul's influence on this team is the way Chris Paul wants it. Like, I just – adding Baines into the mix, I'm not saying that it wouldn't work. I think Baines would be just fine, but uh, it's not the same team. Uh, Let me throw out one other name because we're playing fictitious uh, fun here. Uh, Kelly Olenek. Got got moved to Houston. Mm-hmm. I think there's a good chance he's also uh, better than out Frank. here. Uh, I, I think he's better than Frank. Would you prefer him o- over uh, over Zhang? Yes. Yeah, I, I like I like Kelly Olynyk. I think he would fit into this team quite nicely. I think so too, and I think that's Pat why. <laughs> uh, yeah, Pat. Did, <laughs> <laughs> channel goes. Uh, Dave will good sign boy. Pat Garrity now. Uh, fan favorite. <laughs> no, no, we got to bring back. Uh, um, Oh shoot, Georgie okay. Klushkov, right? No, uh, Georgie Klushkov. Oh my god! <laughs> if you get that reference, you are a very gonna, old. Or you're going to say Tom son. Gugliotta? I could do that. He's probably somewhere. Uh, I think Danny yeah. Shays is an accountant in town. We could bring and Danny Shays back big, in. A big, big no to Myers Leonard. By the Wait, way, are you no, are you serious? Danny no. Shays is a, an accountant in town. Somebody we keeps saying that. I think somebody keeps saying he's my CPA. I'm, somebody, okay, somebody, get me that information. I want Danny Shays on this show. You yes, know, I, I want Danny Shays on this show. I want to hear. Dude, some he would. He could read our Manscaped ad, man. I, mean, I, I wonder if he if he wears the the rec specs while he's doing his hard CPA work too. Yeah, you know, just throw those bad boys on. Half hey, the Jenny audience has no clue Watch what you say. About. Even I would not say I like Myers Leonard. <laughs> yes, uh, I, 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 we're not definitely not Myers Leonard. We're not Nobody's going down that road. Going going anywhere near it. Uh, Sun's dog says, "What about Hassan Whiteside?" I just don't see that. I, I and and. Sacramento was weird. For some reason, they seem like they still think they're in it to try to make that playing game. So I'm not sure that Hassan Whiteside is going to get bought out either. That's that. How? By the way, how refreshing is it that we're sitting here at the at the end of March in a season talking about who they could add as buyouts and not talking about who they're going to draft in three months? Uh, yeah, when you're a Suns real. fan, I'll say that. But I just I. I don't see Hassan Whiteside. I think Kelly Olynyk and Jang are the guys that that kind of make sense here in the long run. Both, you know, obviously Olynyk has that playoff experience, which would be a, a nice add. Uh, or he could just play Frank more. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm well, gonna... that's the thing. If you're not going to see the 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 people and in, including us talking about needing an extra big man, the Suns do have one, and he actually played pretty well when he was given minutes. Um, when Dario was out. And so he is a playable player back there and the Suns just don't need him in their current rotation. Yeah. If you got a bunch of injuries around playoff time, it sure would be nice to get more depth. I get it. Totally fine. But 
for the every you know as soon as somebody uh, as soon as we release Etwan Moore, all of a sudden campaign's going to go on the shelf. One of Chris Paul or Devin Booker's going to need a game or two off, and suddenly you don't have a backup point guard. I mean, he's not a point guard, but he was better at being a point guard than Javon Carter or Abdel Nader or any of those other backups that are on the bench. Well, let's talk about a big that had a week that makes me feel a little bit better about that depth. It's time for our smooth baller of the week, brought to you by Manscaped. Got Bush? I didn't realize that was their tagline until the graphic came up, but when you have Manscaped, you don't anymore, all right? Uh, no no reverse Cam Johnson going on down there. Can can we get the graphics so I can actually talk oh, about Oh, my bad. I, you just rambled on forever. You didn't get to the point. Let's go. That's the whole point of these Manscaped ads. <laughs> I get to ramble on and make all sorts of bad puns that uh, that make people cringe. It's the smooth baller of the week. It was DeAndre Ayton. In four games, he averaged 20.8 points per game. 20 point, or 20.5. That'd be amazing. 10.5 rebounds. 1.5 blocks. And shot 71% from the field it doesn't get any smoother than that unless you're using a manscaped trimmer downstairs let's tell you that much that's when it gets really smooth if you want to experience what it's like to uh, use manscaped you can use the code flaming ballers to save 20 percent off your purchase and on shipping and just a reminder I am opening the prize closet. No, that is not a dirty euphemism for what I'm doing with my wife after using Manscaped. That is uh, <laughs> that is what I'm doing for you, the listeners. I have a bunch of autographed merchandise, things I've acquired over the years, uh, working with the Suns, being a fan. And <laughs> Do you want to see the uh, treasure chest? I want to. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> no, the prize uh, closet is just, is just so classic. The, so we would love to, uh, <laughs> to share some of those prizes with you if you show uh, if you reach out and actually share with us uh, a proof of purchase no i don't want to see any photos of you using the trimmer just want proof that you actually purchased it uh, you'll be entered to win something out of the prize closet and i want to thank uh brian here uh, i'm going to read this to you he's one of the guys that reached out he goes i heard we're opening the prize closets big fan from south alabama I've been listening to the show for probably two years or more and a big Suns fan since 07 when I was in seventh grade. I've always wanted to get something from Manscaped, but you finally convinced me to pull the trigger with your five minute minutes of balls puns. So thank you, Brian. <laughs> uh, you know, we appreciate you being a flaming baller and, uh, and joining the Manscaped family. We hope you and uh, your loved ones mm -hmm. enjoy it. Uh, I, I, Addy, I really don't know if they ship to the UK, but if they if they don't, they should because everybody around the world. Oh, I'm should, sure uh, they do. I mean, Manscaped is, is international. Absolutely, they'll ship to the UK. No, yes. anybody who doesn't who doesn't do some kind of manscaping is is living in the dark ages, like literally. Um, <laughs> Hel you need hello, to, you need to lighten up and and enter the 21st century. <laughs> Hello in the chat goes uh, signed balls uh, as part of the prize closet. Yes, there's some signed balls in, in that. You prize can actually closet. see the yeah. signature after you use the equipment. Yes. Kirby <laughs> <laughs> says if Espo wasn't doing an ad read, pretty sure Saul would have kicked him out. <laughs> yes. Uh, I I love that, that Saul's facial reactions during these are the best part of it. If you're listening on the well, podcast, Sun's dog pretty much summed it all up. Saul, please take over, man. These dudes both make me cringe. 
<laughs> and as do trimmers that aren't manscaped when you use them downstairs. Hey, that's right. That's hey. why they pay this guy the big bucks. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got I got to tell you, Manscaped sent us uh, a really cool assortment of uh, uh, they sent Equipment. us a trimmer. They sent us some yeah. some boxers that, that, some, are, that are not nice. that we share some, some ball lotion and, and spritzer. Yes. Oh, I'm spritzer. telling you what, man, the whole the whole shebang spritzer. The spritzer, yeah. the spritzer is spritzer is quite nice, man. Nice. I'll tell you what, that's you a know? little mid afternoon refresh downstairs. <laughs> yes, there you go. Yes, no, so this that is, is man stuff. We're just typical it's... guys who laugh through our our comments, but this is all we're all really good stuff. Yeah, look, man, sure. manscape.com use the code flaming ballers for twenty percent off your purchase and free shipping, and don't forget. Reach out via email either at mailbag at solarpanelpod.com or DM us on Twitter with a receipt. You'll be entered to win something from the prize closet. Thank you to everybody who's done it so far. We appreciate you. And we know that our friends over at Manscaped appreciate you as well. Uh, I want to get to the big topic of the day. Oh, the big topic. What's the big topic of the day? So you can take over here. I want to talk about the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. Friday night. Yep, and uh, I th- I believe Dave. I believe. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Dave, stop me! Here we go. Yes, baby. Uh, yeah, we have the stat of the week, and I am definitely going to stat you guys. Uh, Espo brought this up the other day on the midweek stimmy. If you guys paid attention to that, um, and, and he brought it up, and I, I decided to do some research on it. The Suns are are 30 and 14 on the year, right? They are 11 and 11 in clutch games, which means clutch games, meaning the scores within five points either way in the last five minutes of the game. You would think that actually happens to all teams a lot, but actually the Suns have the sixth most um, clutch minutes played this year. Uh, So actually not a lot of games are within five points toward the end. Um, So the sixth most uh, minutes uh, in clutch minutes throughout the year. They're 11 and 11 considering the rest of the time they're 19 and 13. That means you have a good team, but when they're close, uh, that ni- means 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, I'm sorry. 19 and three. I said it earlier too, and I messed it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, 19 and three in non-close games, which is excellent. That means you have a good team, but in clutch games, which just about every playoff game comes down to the clutch, the Suns are only 11 and 11. Now, some of those you can tell yourself to explain away because those a lot of those are the close losses to bad teams where the Suns didn't show up, and you can assume in the playoffs they'll show up again in every game. But it does show the Suns have that tendency. Um, how many guys, I'm going to ask Espo and Saul, how many guys on the Suns do you think are shooting at least their um, their career average in field goals in the clutch this year for the Suns? Well, it's not fair because I think you showed me the stat earlier. So I'm going to say and defer to Espo to see if he paid attention. So how many players are, how many shooting, players are shooting normal in the clutch versus what? worse in the clutch? Uh, uh, Saul's holding up two. I'm going to go with one. I'm going to say DeAndre Ayton. And Chris Paul. Yep. DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul are the only ones. Actually, DeAndre Ayton is shooting better than his career field goal average. Chris Paul is right at his career field goal average, and everyone else is bleh. Uh, Nobody on the Suns besides those two guys 
um, in a regular situation. Like you've got campaign actually isn't bad, but he's only been in the, in a clutch situation four times this year out of the 22 games they've been there. So you can't really give cam credit for shooting well in the clutch, but of the guys who are playing in all the clutch games, Jay Crowder shooting 27%. Ooh. Devin Booker shooting 28%. Ooh. Cam Johnson, Johnson shooting 33%. Mikel Bridges shooting 38%. This is total field goals. This isn't just on threes. This is total field goals. These guys are crap in the bed and the clutch. I'm surprised they're even 11 and 11. Well, let you know, me... you know, well go ahead. Can I, I can was... I say a few things? Yeah, go ahead. Please do. So, so uh, there was a couple things. The more concerning about all of that is the one and only Devin Booker. Let's be real. Like, the thing that concerns yep. me the most about Devin in, in, in the fourth quarter from what I've been been able to, you know, decipher from these games is that it's like it's almost like he changes his game when it gets into clutch time. And he he's always looking for the foul instead of just yeah. playing his game. You know, there's so many times during the first quarter specifically where he'll settle for that little mid-range jumper and it's money. It's absolute mm -hmm. money. And then we get to the fourth quarter, and last night I was looking for that. You know, he had a couple uh, instances where he could have easily just stopped on the dime and pulled up from the elbow, and he just kept going and lost the ball or didn't get the foul call. And, and I was just like, why are you changing your game up right now? Well, and he's just, going into triple coverage play. too. Like yeah. they're all knowing he's going to take the shot, and they're all rotating into him. Exactly. And so that that's my concern about Devin is that he's kind of changing his game as the game goes along. And I understand you have to modify based on what the defense has given you, but the, the defense for the most part, especially with Toronto last night specifically, was showing him much of the same thing that he was getting in the first quarter and he was he just wasn't doing the same thing he was doing in the first quarter. So yeah. that's my biggest concern. Look, my concern is the fact that if we know this I guarantee you the Suns and their analytics staff and everybody over there is well aware of this clutch stat. And why have they not adjusted their final play calls? Because every time, and I know that this is more than just the, the final play that this stat looks at, but, but to me, it seems like every time it comes down to the Suns need a basket at the very end of the game, the play is drawn up for Devin Booker. Mm -hmm. Now I get it. He's your star. But you got Chris freaking Paul on your roster, another guy that's been as clutch as anybody uh, in NBA history. And I, I would like to see a few more plays go to him, especially knowing that he's shooting his career average in the clutch. Well, or, or DA for that matter, if you can set up a play I, down low. That was my other thing is like, I don't know about you guys, but the last couple of games, I've felt a little bit more comfortable with DA especially down low in the fourth quarter. Last night, I, I there was a point last night where I actually was like, dude, I'd rather just give the ball to DA right now. If we're just going to lose the ball out of bounds and flop and not make shots, you might as well give the ball to DA and see what he could do because he was balling last night in the fourth quarter. That yeah. defensive block – that defensive block was the the game saver right there against Siakam. The defensive block night. was the game saver. But let's talk about the 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 problem the Suns have right now is that uh, in the final minutes of these quarters, because I was I've been watching it a little bit, the the other team over like total switches. Like every single time Chris Paul or Devin Booker try to get DeAndre Ayton into a into a pick and roll, the guard follows Ayton into the paint and the big stays with with Booker or Chris Paul. And so the obvious play is to throw it down to Ayton 
or drive into the big. But the problem is that the Suns don't trust Aiden not to bring the ball down, and those guards are quick with their hands. And you can't afford a, a live ball turnover in the in the. But they're getting the li- they're getting the live ball turnover anyway. No, I get it, but that but their thought process is, man, this is more likely a live ball turnover than if I take the shot. And then if a big is on you as the as the ball handler, either Booker or Chris Paul, that's when you do the little juke and get yourself into a mid ranger, which you've had all game, except. Now these teams are over rotating. And so a third guy is coming in and picking you up at the mid range. And then what do you do? And now, so the, what the Suns need to do is they need to get Aiton. Uh, they need to trust Aiton enough to dump it down to him where he keeps the ball high out of reach of the guard's hand that, that just switched onto him and just turn around and flip it into the basket. Once he does that, this entire gimmick defense is going to fall apart in the clutch and the Suns will be better. And that's right now, they the, don't trust it. And that's part of the problem that we saw last night with the Suns when when they were losing the lead. And they shot like, I think they missed 10 straight threes and let the, yeah. the Raptors get back into the game. It's like they refused to go inside. They refused to take right. the layup. They refused to take the mid-range jumper. It was all threes. And I kept screaming at the TV, get the ball inside and just get your bunnies. Like, DA's got a mismatch. There's not one guy on the Raptors team right now that could have guarded DA down low, and he proved it last night. As but he long only, as he keeps the ball up. As long as he keeps the ball up, for sure. But in terms of what the other team is doing to DA uh, and not DA doing to himself, like there was nobody that could stop him. And I just wish that the Suns would yep. start to develop that. And I thought that CP3 was going to develop that for DA a little bit. And he's trying. He's trying. And, it's, and it looks like it's starting to, to gain a little bit of steam. I'm hoping that DA's momentum, it, it, to me, he's on an upward trajectory. But he was on an upward trajectory about maybe two months ago when he had that run of really yep. good games, and then he and fell then off he again. Fell off so I'm again. hoping that this is going to be a more consistent rise. And then once we get to the playoffs, okay, now we're going to see yeah. full DA at, at, at what we all hoped would be the peak. I, let me I, let me let me uh, go ahead, Espo. I was just gonna say, if you put the ball in Chris Paul's hands in in those final moments, I think it's more likely that it, it that it could get to Da too, because it seems like Devin in that last minute or two uh, gets in that tunnel vision too. He's not looking yeah. to set up teammates. He's trying to play the hero ball, and I get it because in in his entire career, that was the best option. Like there, there was nobody else you were going to give that ball to, but obviously Chris Paul's a legit option. And, and I think if you put a little trust in Deandre Ayton, he could become a legit option in those, in those, uh, in those moments, especially yeah. in a game like Friday night, how he was, how he was rolling. So you, at some point you need to trust other people because it's going to benefit you when you come to the playoffs. I, you know, I, I just can't speak enough praise to DeAndre based on his defense. Um, I feel like that's what separates him from Sarich to a large degree. Obviously, I'm stating the obvious, right? But a lot of people want to see Sarich in the game. And I think in, in somebody even in the chat mentioned it, that that Sarich gets spot minutes over DA um, down low or, or, or down in the fourth <clears throat> quarter. And, and I'm like, is that really your best long-term solution? No, it's not. You have to play DA. I don't give a sh- – I don't care. <laughs> I don't Ooh. care if Sarge has got 25 points. Like, you need DA long-term to battle the bigs that you're going to have to face in the Western Conference playoffs. Otherwise, you're going home because if you're relying on Dario Sarge, you're going home in the first round. That That's just a fact. 
Like he's not guarding Joker. He's not guarding D, uh, Anthony no, Davis. Like no. that's DA that's is not definitely happening. your best chance at a championship. Absolutely, Saul. And we we've talked about this a couple of times too. And I think we need to keep repeating it because people aren't getting it. Just because uh, DeAndre Ayton has the greatest capacity to be your difference maker in your championship run. So the best thing you can do is to play him into that position and put him in the position to actually do that. Um, I, can we also um, <laughs> finish it for you? Um, can we also uh, talk a little bit about the difference between rebounding and defense? Um, uh, it's almost like we have to have a regular segment on this too. Some of the better rebounding teams in the league are also the league's worst teams. It's the teams that play good defense. Like DeAndre Ayton doesn't, just because he's been averaging nine rebounds a game this week does not mean his defense has gone down. Actually, his defense yeah. has gone way up. His yeah. defense has been incredible this week. And that that block that he got uh, last night to, to close out that win, to seal that win um, against Pascal Siakam, who was just going nuts and getting all the foul calls that Dan Aiden was not fouling him. Um, but getting no, those I, foul I calls. Wasn't, I wasn't eye rolling at you, Dave. I was eye no, rolling. No, I know you weren't. I know, but I'm, just, I'm eye rolling. Being a distraction. Because Siakam got a couple of foul calls that he shouldn't have been able to get because he throws himself to the ground and screams. Um, and DA is, is so good on defense, and he doesn't need to get. 12 rebounds to tell you he's good on defense. He needs to play defense to tell you he's good on defense. Well, and he's been rebounding well. Ten and a half rebounds uh, on average over the last four games isn't isn't bad. I mean, people would have killed on certain nights for, for Amari Stoudemire to have ten and a half rebounds uh, you know, and play the defense that, that we're seeing from DeAndre Ayton. So that 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 doesn't uh that doesn't uh, it doesn't surprise me that that people are still frustrated with it but now now's the time to experiment in a clutch because you can't yeah. experiment when it comes playoff time because one bad clutch moment is the difference between winning and losing a series jeff teague just got waved by the orlando magic we're not no don't go after jeff teague don't there's a reason he's been cut and waved for years don't go after jeff teague good lord i love that we're playing who's cut next oh, <laughs> you know that's how, that's how we do baby <laughs> oh. So uh, back to clutch really quick. Um, nobody on the team averages more than uh, 1.4 shots in the clutch, except Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Again, we talked about this. They can't be taking 80% of your shots in the clutch. You've, they've got to, they've got to come up with a more diversified offense. They have to be more diligent about getting the ball to it, other players. It, it all comes down to trust. It all comes yeah. down to trust. If if Mikael Bridges against Orlando hits that three with some some umph, yeah. um, then we're not talking about this. But you know, hey, we all know. Well, I don't know if you guys know, but I know. You know, basketball players know. <laughs> basketball oh. players know when they see fear in another man's eyes, and it's not like trembling fear. It's just like that that uncertainty, like I'm gonna shoot this, but I don't know if I'm gonna make it, you know, like, and that's what you saw with Mikhail Bridges against Orlando. That kind of look makes you not want to trust a dude in the fourth quarter. Like you need to know that this guy is going to come through or at least, you know, shoot that like he's confident. And, and that's the type of, you know, maturity that I'm concerned about once we get to the playoffs and you, Hey, that, Hey, I'm just say it like this. That booty hole gets really tight in the playoffs. So I'm just say it like that. And, <laughs> well, and that's uh, the thing. It's is the Suns of their top six players in minutes played this year. Only two of them have even ever been in the playoffs. So it's so, going to be tough. So Saul, that look that you're talking about is the one you and I get every time Dave's about to say something. Right. Just that that fear look. Uh, <laughs> 
I don't What's know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, oh, well, <laughs> look, I, we'll we'll see. I, there's going to be a uh, there's going to be a lot of opportunities the rest of the way. I think to improve on this uh, on this clutch performance, and they're going to need to because, as we've stated. That's the playoffs right there. You're not getting a lot of blowouts in the playoffs. So you got to figure out how to actually win it. And and I think if they figure out how to get DA involved and he improves himself, it changes it changes everything with this. The re- the refreshing thing about all this is, guys, we're talking about the fucking playoffs. Yeah. Like, yes. You, That's the you part you like, get excited about. You are like seventy five percent of the swear jar today. You've 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 I gotten thought to I said that, that under my breath. <laughs> you're like you're like when you use a manscaped razor and you're like how close can i get to to, to this being painful the chat lives for the swear and so they're just like just a minute ago when i didn't say the full word they were like oh saw pump fake yeah yeah, but uh yeah flaming ballers need to keep us honest we we need to keep tally it's five dollars per swear you guys keep uh keep track of what everybody knows when did that price go up Uh, hey look Look, we're big time now. We got sponsors and stuff. Five bucks. It's it's just happening. So Salt owes okay, us but forty dollars today. Gonna need, we're gonna need referees <laughs> because if the sun signed Jang, it's gonna you know Jang isn't a swear word. word. How old are you? Depends on how you <laughs> slang it. What? Oh my god. And on that note, you know, gonna... you know what I say? I say, you know, I think what we should do, and, and this is honestly speaking, I think if we if we do a swear jar for real, for real, and we put money in it, um, we should donate that money to like Phoenix Children's Hospital or something yes. like that. I think that'd be a great call. I think so. I think we should do it for for donations. Well, uh, we know. as long as we reduce it from our net income from the show, that's fine with me. <laughs> Which is already zero. <laughs> Today, you owe us money for. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, in the chat, hello says, never say slang it again, Dave. Agreed. <laughs> slang it. Agreed. We, we will not do that. <laughs> Ernesto says, swears for kids. That's what we're going to refer to the swear. Hey, you got to take a, a negative and make it a positive. And there we I go. I like it. We will be helping children every time. Dude, Dave Ernesto, oh, you made me think of the absolute worst commercial jingle I've ever heard in my life. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> the cars Not. for kids. Stop. <laughs> we need a jingle for that our, is swears our swear for jar. Kids. That's the swear jar. <laughs> swears for kids needs a jingle. If you are a, a musician out there, one of our flaming ballers, Please, we would love a swears for kid jingle. You can send it to mailbag at solarpanelpod.com. Again, that's mailbag at solarpanelpod.com. And your swears for kids jingle could be played here on the show when we reveal our tote board of uh, what we owe kids because Dave and Saul can't uh, stop cursing on the show. So, actually, the penalty should be that. Um, the person who did the swears has to listen to that song once a day for the number of swears he's got that he, that he let out in the show. That or you guys have to, whoever swears the most has to spend 30 minutes after the show listening to the rest of my... Uh, I don't know what that sign run. is. Is that a so, game sign? friend so, sign. So, so, no, so in, in the, <laughs> no, no, that's not a friend sign. So in the military, in the military, when you're trying to uh, get a, an airplane off the, off the tarmac, you got to pull chocks. That's what I'm telling you guys. Mm. Wrap this up. 
Everybody mm. in the chat's like, wrap this up, B. That's the pull chocks. My dad could have told me that. Too. To tie it all together, it, it goes back out. to friends. It We're going to land this plane, so I was there telling you. There we go. So uh, another great episode, a classic, if you will, of the Sun Solar Panel in the book. Thank you, Mike <laughs> Michael Schwartz, for joining us. And damn you, Michael Schwartz Internet, for joining us. So we appreciate Yeah, sorry about that. that. We'll get Michael uh, back on. <laughs> for... For Dave King, who you can find on Twitter at Dave King MBA. The MBA is there because Dave wants to be the buyout candidate for the Suns. He'd like that last roster spot. And if you can find Saul Bookman on Twitter at Saul swears. Under, underscore Bookman. The underscore is there, so he has time to actually uh, curse. And I am uh, at Espo on Twitter. Uh, you can find the show at Sun Solar Panel both on Twitter and Instagram. Saul. Bookman. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is his self-censoring. Uh that is what the uh the underscore is there for. So That's for awesome. Dave, for Saul on Maspo, we'll talk to you next time here on the solar panel. Ahoy. Barkley 20 footer, yes, for the tie. Finds the ball, Barkley puts it up, there's a count, it's there! Shake it down!